Hey guys, welcome back to Wandering at Wellness. Welcome. Finn and Lydia as per usual. And today we have the lovely Holly White. Hi. Hello, Thanks for coming along. Thank you for having me. Daddy, so uh, obviously um, we've, well, we've known you for a little while uh, through various things, yes. um, but we got to know you a lot more lately, um, first through chatting to your brother and then through the launch of your book and getting an insight into yeah. the dietary things. So, well, I've been vegan for four years and I think okay. the, the biggest thing for me was um, once I kind of realized it was a lifestyle that I was committed to, I was like, I can't cook. I don't know what to do. Oh, I wow. need to learn. Yeah. So I embarked on like kind of almost starting again from scratch because I think cooking and food, a lot of it is picked up by osmosis. Like you might watch your mom, like, I don't know, preparing a, a roast on a Sunday or, you know, you kind yeah. of just pick up and you sort of know these things. And suddenly I was like, I don't know what tempeh is. I don't know how to make tofu delicious. I know nothing it. about fermentation. Or, <laughs> so I did a 12-week raw food mastery course in Ireland, which I loved. And then I went over to London and I did training with the Wild Food Cafe. Okay. And then I'm actually just back from Los Angeles, where I did more training there in Plant Lab. And now I'm just I'm so passionate about vegan food. Right. And nice. that's Matthew Kenny, is it? That was it. Yeah. And it just, it, to be honest, it, it actually just it amazes me because, like. Here in Ireland, obviously, I think the food scene is amazing, but sometimes you're sitting in these gorgeous restaurants, fab, you know, yeah. and I'm going, hang on a minute, how is it that I feel I can cook something much more satisfying and I don't come from a chef's background? Mm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, very yeah. much so. I think that's a big problem, actually. It's funny. I think both Lydia and myself have that thing when we go out to eat, trying to pick the thing that isn't, um, you know, something you can do yourself is always yeah. a real challenge because sometimes there's a comfort in that as well. Like, oh, yeah, this guy, I love this. I'm like, but no, I just made that tomorrow. I know, yeah. I know, I know. And that's it, exactly. And even it was strange yesterday, I was in a gorgeous restaurant at an event and I was literally given a plate of vegetables and the girl beside me, she was like, not still a plate oh, of vegetables. Oh, God. <laughs> no, but she was like, I wouldn't even eat that. And that's why when it came to, um, doing the book, in particular, I was really conscious that on the cover, I wanted it to be a burger on the cover, which yeah. is actually one of my favorite recipes, but also I think people have this preconception, probably from seeing someone beside them eating mm -hmm. a plate of vegetables and yeah. going, oh God, I couldn't do that, I couldn't just eat vegetables, and I was like, no, this is a whole world of cuisine, and mm. even in the World Food Cafe in London, what was amazing when I was training there was the chef was actually ex-Nobu, ex and oh, right. they're saying now, like, in the UK, you're getting a lot of Michelin star chefs moving into veganism because they want to put their stamp on something, it's a whole oh, right. new, mm. uncharted, undeveloped area so of cuisine. So it's sort cuisine. of a, a, like a, an ego project for them as well in this case. Absolutely, yeah. but also it's so exciting yeah. because I think at this stage, you know, in traditional cooking, like mm -hmm. French cooking, like mm -hmm. let's say how to cook a steak, I feel like that's probably been perfected, whereas <laughs> with vegan food there's <laughs> so much yeah. that we can explore. And, and there's still a lot, unfortunately, there's still a lot of places where you go, like a lot of the vegan food is good, but the vegan burger I think is a big problem. <laughs> it is. It's, all, it's quite often really starchy like, yeah. and claggy. Claggy is your word, but it's and definitely also, claggy. Those words. And it really is claggy, though. Yeah. It? It's also very worthy. Yeah. The other word, where you kind of get that feeling of like brown rice and brown sandwich yeah. Yeah. kind of a vibe. And there's no coolness to it. There's no aspirational element where you're going, wow, this food looks, looks Damn beautiful. Damn good, I wish I could make it. And tastes yeah. as good right. as a normal burger. It has to be unapologetic and yeah. even like there's a few recipes that I really cared about and one was the brownie because I feel like I didn't turn vegan until I was 30 so I mm. kind of I know and obviously when you are a bit of a foodie like I kind of know like a dessert is a dessert it's not a yeah. oh well that's a healthy dessert like yeah, no yeah, one yeah. wants a healthy yeah, dessert yeah. No. <laughs> but simple things like the brownie it had to stand on its own it had mm. to be delicious regardless of being vegan or not because yeah. ultimately I think fundamentally people will eat food if it tastes absolutely delicious mm. and if you can do that in a way that happens to be vegan amazing because it's starts this really nice momentum but I do think that um, people have to 
hold themselves to a higher standard in terms mm. of they can't think, oh, just because that's vegan or just because that's gluten-free, people, you know, will. It's no, it, it has to be delicious. Yeah. And there's ways. It's not a sacrificial thing. Yeah. It, not in any way, mm. shape, or form. And I think that's like a stigma that's kind of around this type of food that people just assume it's lettuce. And it's like, no, it's so tasty and it's and so satisfying. And also, I think then, yeah. then there's this idea, especially around if you're a woman, that there's like a whole deprivation aspect to yeah. it. Of like, yeah. I'm just eating salad. I know. Yeah. I oh, love yeah. salad. What was, what was the Maggie Simpson? You can't make friends with salad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. Oh. That, because it's just kind of. It's depressing. Like I love food. Yeah. Food is like a massive part of my day. I'm excited by it. I love cooking it. I love eating it. My friends love eating it. All our social events happen around us. That's exactly Cooking it. food mm. and bringing food together. And we all like to eat healthy. And we all have our own different specific things. Some people have allergies. Yeah. Some people are vegetarian. Some people are vegan. Whatever. But we're not going like, oh yeah, let's just make a pile of really boring stuff. Yeah. We want to be excited by our food, yeah. and we also want to mm. be able to make our food look beautiful. I know. I know. Mm. I know. Well, tell us about the brand recipe specifically oh I, I, I love is it, it a black bean brownie or is it no, avocado it, no there's no avocados there's um there's oats there's let me try I, I'd actually almost have to open it up one of the things that I was conscious of with it was that I looked through a lot of recipes on YouTube and I found that say for example if some of them were like and this has a whole jar of cashew butter and things like that they were too expensive and mm -hmm. that was people's key complaint and I knew like at a lot of my events and demonstrations there are a lot of teenagers and I was really conscious that everything had to be easy available and also reasonable to make yeah like sometimes in desserts like medjool dates obviously are going to be so much better but things like coconut oil have come down in price so mm -hmm. much more um but yeah in particular with brownies i was kind of conscious that i wanted them to be as reasonable as I'm possible i'm getting distracted by everything else and actually i'm actually salivating okay oh, um, this is great a vegan pizza waiting for me over there and this, oh, this is, this is, is perfect. Perfect. crunchy maca fudge looks amazing yeah i'm, I'm into that delish where, where is where is the brownie uh, i feel like the same dessert uh, pecan brownies there we go brownies. 194 yeah and then there's like um there's a there's like a glaze on top which you don't have to do but i love um I love when there's a bit of texture and things, so even just throwing like a handful of pecans over the mm. top. Big time. Here we go. Things that are fully squidgy. As yeah. Like there's something about. You need to have I'm not going to name names, but I've had some fully squidgy things downstairs already. <laughs> yeah. Put some fucking crunch. Excuse my language, but like yeah, that's, what, that's what yeah. that's what taste is about. Yeah. So much of it is about texture, and for some reason, and again, I think that comes back to the burger thing as well. Burger with that just to homogenize, like it's been through a blender. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You can't recognize any food inside it anymore. It's not. Cool no, enough. I agree with you because actually in here there's a recipe for a vegan shepherd's pie, and one of the things that I put in is um walnuts now you crumble them oh. with your hands not too much but what it yeah. gives is and it's weird because my brother jamie who was on he was like that actually tastes like meat and it's not that i want it to taste like meat but yeah. you want to give people you as you said yes. not pulverized <laughs> but i remember he was like that's really satisfying because the thing oh. is a lot of people like ethically and morally get it but from a very basic point of view like they have tastes and cravings that need yeah. to be satisfied and that was what he meant it's not that he was sitting there going oh i wish this was made with meat it was actually more he was like, going do you know what that's really satisfying that's yeah. taking all that's the boxes and it's yeah. also because a lot of food's based in it's deeply rooted in our memories isn't yeah it? and things like shepherd's pie there are childhood memories yeah. that our mm. mums cooked for us that we had yeah. in memories that are comfort yeah so for us we want to be able to evoke those memories in the same way and part of that is the eating of it isn't exactly it? And so if it doesn't eat the same way it's not going to evoke those memories and i think those little things and that was one of one of the key sort of takeaways that i got from um plant lab because they did so much on 
plating like obviously cool. you know we can all get into like you know let's say make a brownie but how do you plate it and exactly mm. as you were saying you always had to have different elements everything had to have a sauce and a crunch mm. and a variation in texture and it, you know they would always think of like okay portion wise has that person got enough sauce is there enough crunch and even if it was throwing like let's say some dehydrated buckwheat over it or mm. a little bit of granola every single dessert mm. had to take those boxes Something garnishy, yeah. and it's amazing because I'm a big believer in um, never stop learning but yeah. learn from the best that you possibly can and that mm -hmm. was something that I'd have always subconsciously said something missing from this but I don't know what it is and now yeah. I get it mm. and so, so when you're cooking yourself at home now do you find yourself with like a load of like dehydrated like crispy onions and a load of like freeze-dried blueberry powder like do you have all those kind of garnishy bits around the place you know, or what do you do I do but I do it in an easier way like I think okay. porridge yeah, is the perfect example because yeah I know I was <laughs> like, like oh my god I'm not as organized as that <laughs> no and they sound really good and I was like I need to do all of those but you know it's not even it's more that it's just don't think that something is finished until it's on a plate mm -hmm. and I think porridge is mm. brilliant because everyone gets really creative with their mm. porridge or their smoothie bowls yeah. but it is all about whatever you might have in your pantry whether yeah. it's like I love toasted hazelnuts throw them on, yeah. but it's actually thinking about how is this going to taste for someone when they actually eat it and, you know it's not just you know make your casserole it's actually it's when you casserole. go to plate it yeah. what will you put on so quite often like if, if, when uh, lady has been over for dinner like I'll, she'll be kind of eating I'll still be kind of like oh and then like, this toast yeah. oh, I forgot to put the blah 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 and suddenly like it's a different dish by like five yeah. seconds you're like Thin, stop putting things on my food I'm, I'm eating it <laughs> but it's lovely and I think that's part of the creativity and it's a way mm. of people making something their own and mm. also like once you get into kind of eating this way like because one thing I will say is I find I pretty much cook easily 85% of my food I don't I can't yeah. totally and totally eat out yeah. of a half sack as much as you do <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgive you that I love that but yeah. um, you will suddenly have a pantry full of whether it's nuts seeds mm. and yeah. it's great to just throw a handful mm. of them and as you said it changes and it elevates a dish like yeah. even just doing a stir fry like I love throwing in a handful of cashews and it makes yeah. it so much tastier so yeah. much more satisfying yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's this kind of thing that you're looking in a restaurant and they're missing out on these little tips and I'm going how is it that it really I know yeah. this yeah. but yeah. I know um, I do think also there's like a mindfulness aspect to it as well, yeah. isn't it? I think, you know, a lot of times people just kind of make their food at home and they don't put a huge amount of effort in because they're like, oh, well, I'm just making it for myself or whatever and just yeah. like boil some this, steam some that, plonk it on mm. the plate. And they don't bother to garnish it in the way that they would if friends were coming over. I know. And it does make you feel so much more like you've appreciated this thing that you've done, that it hasn't become cooking as a chore, but it's gone like, I'm doing this self-care thing for myself. Like I'm going yeah. like, I'm going to make this lovely food for myself and I'm going to garnish it beautifully and I'm going to sit down and appreciate like, okay, this is a bowl of health. <laughs> Which we both didn't do last night. We both sent each other photos of our dinner last <laughs> night and they were both disasters. <laughs> tasty, both really tasty, but usually we make an effort. Let me just clarify though, last I just on. feel like I need to support myself. <laughs> okay, I'm not showing the photo the of your reason, food or mine. Please don't. <laughs> it wasn't I great. It was terrible. And mine looks particularly bad. I feel like there's a, I'm going to talk about a few points now. Firstly, uh -oh. <laughs> it was a self-care issue because I had to choose. My son didn't go to sleep until like 8.30. And it was, we've been doing, well, I've been trying to take on intermittent fasting because I've oh. been talking about it. And I I've really mm. been finding it good and I've kind of got slightly addicted to it but last night it just didn't work out that way because I taught a bunch of workshops yesterday didn't get home till really late and I had the choice of either going down after putting my son to bed at eight and eating food then which was still too late or having a bath and I just really wanted to have a bath so I was like my body like I work physically with my muscles I'm teaching how many classes a week 
I need to soak my muscles, like they need it. So it was like, okay, I'm gonna have that half an hour bath, which is really important for myself, but then it means it's gonna be nine o'clock at night when I'm eating my food, mm. which means I definitely am not gonna fast the next day. And also it's nine o'clock at night, which is just never great to be eating your food. So I thought I'll just cook a quick stir fry with some lovely noodles from the hot sack, which were brown rice and wakame. Yeah, yum. So yummy, yeah, I mean, except I forgot that I'd bought tamari soy sauce and just put on a load of it and it just spilt into my oh, no. stir fry, which then turned black. <laughs> so then I got these noodles with just a pile of black stuff. <laughs> Finn was like, did you burn your stir fry? Yeah. I was like, no, that's just soaked. In yeah. So it didn't look great because, I mean, how could it? Yeah, there you go. Well, I was in a similar issue as well. And uh, it was just a case of essentially not paying attention to what I was doing. And it was like, I cooked, it was fish, it wasn't vegan, but sea bass. I was so excited to sea bass fillets on top of those same noodles. That's weird. Really? Yeah. Um, but like, for some reason, when it got to the actual cooking of it, um, I was texting and watching something on YouTube and I was like damn you know just just didn't pay care and attention to the fish and, I do and, find it the problem with that is that when it didn't look beautiful and I wasn't really proud of it I mm. kind of ate it in a mindless way like I was like yeah. oh, sure, I'll just, just demolish this thing yeah. at the same yeah. time and I wasn't paying any attention it was like just get the food in my body because mm. I've made it now whereas I do find when you make the effort and you put lovely edible yeah. flowers and crunchy seeds and all the things you sit yeah. down and you're like Oh, this is that's the feast for your eyes. Yeah. There, you don't need to be mindlessly watching television yeah, yeah. or doing something yeah. else. It's You've about got being the thing. human, though, yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, were, you, were you always uh, like into cooking? Like before the vegan thing kind of came along? Before the like were these the first like cooking courses you'd done? They were the first proper cooking courses oh, that I'd wow. done because honestly, for the first year, initially I got really really excited about it, and but for the first year I lived off pasta, yeah. <laughs> uh, tomato sauce, and sweet potato fries and hummus, and then it got to the point where I was like, wait Almost a minute, honest. what if I want to have people? <laughs> Over or, no, but I didn't feel okay. well, and I was okay, eating loads right. of like energy balls, and I was like, I want really satisfying main courses. Mm. Um, and then I think travel is amazing as well. Like yes. when we went on honeymoon, we went to Thailand, and that was the first holiday I've ever been on where being vegan or not, nothing was an issue, wow. and the food was so tasty. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. even within a few days of being there, I ended up doing a cooking course because I thought I have to learn because oh, wow. it was just all about amazing curries, whatever vegetables, throw in your you know mm. protein source, and it's mm -hmm. just so unbelievably nourishing okay, and just right, so yeah. much and flavor also quick yeah right because yeah. i think we all have this idea that okay yeah yeah they're vegan and yeah, yeah. yeah blah 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 but they probably take hours to dehydrate this thing and mm -hmm. like whatever stuff mm -hmm. but actually you can make really delicious especially if you come from thai cuisine like oh it was just very fast it was the first i've ever just been like blown away and little things like that i think it's almost seeing what's possible by eating in you know one of the things i love about social media is that if i was going somewhere i'd always ask people for recommendations like, mm. like you know whether it's in london or and i'll say where is good and you can end up kind of it does open up your life mm. like people always ask me do you feel like you're missing out on something and i say no mm. i feel like i've eaten in quirky different places mm. i've explored so much more because of but there's nothing better than like i remember in Poland, um, one of the recipes in there is an eaten mess made with um their yeah, I have, there's meringues made with aquafaba, and oh, cool. the first time oh, I so tasted cool, them, it? I was like, this is amazing, but like falling in love with the dessert in Bangkok, it's like, you're not going to be able to get it again, so you have to try and figure out how to make it back at home, yeah. um, but no, like for me, I kind of feel like it's bought me like exploring all around the place, um, I'm just getting creative and figuring things out, but yeah, I, I was always into cooking, but not nearly in the way that I am yeah. now. Okay, and I so when, when you were growing up, what was, sorry, what was sort of food did you have around you growing up? Like this is mince. Yeah, I think yeah, there's something really Irish about it, like mince. <laughs> True. Yeah. There's always a bag of mince. Yeah. yeah. No. I think it was just like, and then then there was like the organic movement, where I think that was I was probably in my kind of mid twenties when everyone became really fanatical. This is like. Yeah. 
Celtic tigery, then everything yeah, yeah. as long as it was organic, it was okay. And yeah. I would have eaten a lot of mints. And originally, a lot of this came from just if we have a moment or two as a yeah. backdrop. Um, when I was about 19 or 20, I read a book called The Blood Type Diet. Oh yeah, yeah. Which when I first read it, I thought this is fascinating. This feels because mm. I'd never felt. I'd always felt like you know not 100% right or just okay, and I'd always yeah. been interested in I knew that there was a connection between what I ate and how I felt and I remember I read this book and I was like oh maybe this has the answer yeah. and it said as a blood type O that I should eliminate dairy a lot of grain and solely focus on kind of a you're lot the, of protein carnivore blood type that was it and the carnivore then vegan blood type. I kind of roughly <laughs> followed that for a while and then what happened was around when I turned 30 I watched a lot of documentaries I made the connection I was like you know this doesn't feel right okay. and one of the best things I ever did was I went to a kinesiologist which I'm a big fan mm. of it's kind of like a muscle testing and I was explaining yeah. to her and I was like you know I'm watching these documentaries but I read the blood type diet book and she turned to me and she goes Holly that book's about 30 years old yeah <laughs> she said follow your intuition <laughs> okay yeah and just go with that and she said stop reading books stop looking externally and just go within and see what feels right for you and I was like actually eating this kind of plant-based right feels right and she cool. said do that and it was really empowering because I think we kind of constantly were bombarded with so much advertising and you know expert opinions and things like that whereas if we all kind of went within and said you know what feels right for me I think we'd all get much more comfortable and buy less books yeah. <laughs> as well it's the truth actually it right. was it was so empowering because in that it also changed my mind on like it's actually frightening in terms of I can't comprehend how fast food is allowed to be glamorized so much mm. you cannot stand at a bus stop without three buses going by advertising like massive burgers pizzas things like that yeah. in such a glamorous way but what i feel is that there is an obesity crisis and i don't understand how how we're, we're actually even allowing ourselves that like we, we've got vat on diesel but we haven't got exactly and it, to some way it kind of i suppose it's slightly it upsets me because especially at my demonstrations i see teenagers who are so confused but it's like how could you not be confused with this mm. level of totally advertising and marketing it's coming at true. you and like, it's very strategic yeah I'm, I work and teach yoga in lots of kind of office spaces and a lot of them are advertising agencies. Yeah. And every single day they're just thinking about the glamorization of it. Every single day they have deliveries mm. given to them by different companies who want to work with them and who are working on them of a big box of the most glamorous donut company and then the next day it's yeah. like ice creams and then the next day it's Haribo and like at, at um, Halloween they had like each person got given a bucket this big full of jellies. Like I'm not joking. Like yeah. so many jellies I've never seen. Like a couple hundred people. Three hundred right? people. Jeez. Um, and every day it's something, and it's yeah. all you know, beautiful cakes, beautiful this, beautiful that. None of wow. it's healthy. Like zero percentage of it. And yeah, that's the kind of glamorous thing. thing of it's like you're in the advertising world. I know. You get to go to parties. You mm. get all the free stuff. Da, da, but it's not like free healthy stuff. Yeah. It's What's interesting? We've just started doing stuff. a little bit of like corporate education stuff with Hopsack as well, and we were doing one of our first ones this week. Um, and the place we we're in, which is a well-known Irish like institution, financial institution, um, God, I'm not naming it. Um, yeah. But uh, there was like, she was, I was asking like, what sort of budget is there to allow us to maybe provide health food for you know for for your your staff? It was like you know more than a thousand people, and and they were saying it was like, oh well, you know we get a, a fruit and veg basket at every Monday morning. I was like, oh, that's yeah. it, a fruit and veg basket per office every Monday morning and that's kind of it and kind of nothing nothing else is really kind of thought of it's and what's what's cool is obviously this is obviously a moment of change because I've been allowed in to talk mm -hmm. to them about how like you know they can look to uh, healthy kind of lifestyle approaches and and protocols and, and dietary practices in order to enhance it had to be about productivity obviously you know, yeah that's the cell no, but, it does. But, but it's cool but it's, at least if it's mechanistic that way, at least you're getting your foot in the door and people are starting to think okay if I do this this eight plus one plus one equals two and they start mm -hmm. to get 
you know, that's the thing that makes people make that choice a lot of the time, though, isn't it? They need to see results. They're going like, I have to understand that if I eat this way, it's going to help me manage my stress levels better, or it's going to make me sleep better, or it's going to make me perform better in the gym, or whatever. And that's usually the in, and then that in enables them to suddenly go, Hang on, actually, I could just look at my whole life this Mm. way. It's a trickle down. What are the things? Yeah. Yeah. What was the first thing for you that kind of like, because I presume you didn't go just like nothing to vegan. There was obviously there's probably other little kind of socially conscious things in your life. Like I mean, you're cosmetics routines that's what I was about I was just in terms of what you were saying I think that I suppose that conversation with that kinesiologist um, her name is Rosalie she's very good but um, I think one of the the key things about that was it felt really empowering for me because I'd watched a lot of documentaries and I think like you can't not be aware obviously that we have a crisis in terms of plastic animal agriculture and Mm. equally I feel like you know we've kind of really you know, I think we can all feel a little bit powerless in terms of climate change, but what I found the biggest thing was is that I felt it was really empowering kind of on a day-to-day basis for me to cut out meat and to actually know that it was having an impact, but equally yeah. um, from a conscious consumerism point of view, like I'm really into beauty products and that's so important to me, but mm. I now ask the question such as, is the packaging recyclable? Are the ingredients ethically sourced? Is it sustainable? Mm. And I think there's nothing more empowering than, you know, buying a product and knowing that actually in doing that you might be supporting a community that grow the lavender mm-hmm. or the herbs or the oils and yeah. that the packaging is actually you know from you know recycled ocean plastics or something yeah, like that yeah, and, yeah. but I think it's really empowering to go actually I can still have my moisturizer but I know that it is contributing all this good so I think it puts you back in the driving seat and yeah. rather than feeling that you're dictated to it you're actually contributing to the causes that you want to you're, help you're voting yeah. but you're still yeah. doing your day-to-day maybe your nine-to-five or your normal job yeah. like initially I felt like oh my god do I have to go and stand outside an abattoir with a placard and, yeah. you know yeah. and because not everyone is, wants to do that but uh-huh. actually how we shop is the loudest voice we can ever Good have yeah. the shops or the producers that we yeah. choose to support and also I'm a huge believer in social media I think yeah. everyone has a voice everyone can have an influence but mm. to me I find it really empowering great nice that's nice because yeah because you often the story is told about social media is quite the opposite that it's disenfranchising yeah. for people but I think you're right there's, there's a there's a there's a groundswell certainly when it comes to like the types of movements that you're a part of in terms of vegan yeah that that they they because they, they're a grassroots movement by necessity um, and, and we have these kind of social media platforms that, that are driven by the wealth of humanity kind of putting mm-hmm. stuff up and saying hashtag this yeah. and if we all say hashtag whatever it is, hashtag vegan, the world looks at that yeah. which is kind of cool. I mean there's, there's, there's nothing really um, that's come before that's allowed us to do that. I wonder is that one of the big reasons why veganism is suddenly kind of catching fire or I, I think it is because for me it was when we got Netflix and YouTube, like now YouTube is absolutely phenomenal. Like mm. years ago it was like random clips whereas yeah. now you can watch like whole documentaries up on, mm. you, you know, completely for free mm. as well because pretty much everyone has a smartphone and you can go somewhere with Wi-Fi. Yeah. But I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that we can curate what news we choose to receive now. Mm. Like I don't buy traditional newspapers, I'll curate the kind of information and news that I want to be broadcasted to yeah, me, yeah, whereas yeah. years ago, unless something was written about in the Irish Times or the Independent, you, here. you didn't know about yeah. it. And I think, and also they were, you know, now the great thing is, is that we can actually decide, actually, am I inspired by someone based in Australia? Is there a food blogger there? And, you know, is someone raising vegan kids? And are they also a nutritionist and a doctor? Maybe mm. I'll choose to follow them. So we choose what news we want. And as a result, as you said, I think movements happen so much quicker now, even in terms of like years ago, you turn on the TV and you just kind of watch what was there. Whereas now we you choose your channel. Like exactly, but also you choose yeah. what you want. You yeah. want to binge watch an entire yeah, series yeah, yeah. or, you know, and with no ads. And I yeah, think yeah. 
I think it's great, and as a result, things can move much, much quicker. Isn't it amazing that in, in the advertising-based culture that we have, which is where we're so marketed to, yeah. that we have basically advertising free television, which was the medium that yeah. we got marketed to up until 10 years. That was the main was driver yeah. for advertising, wasn't it? I mean, like, apart from, what, bus stop signs and things in the papers. It's bizarre, to be honest yeah. with you. They haven't managed to, I mean, we have four seconds out, but you can, you can skip them. Yeah. I, I, how on earth that YouTube have managed to do that, have managed to enforce that with all their, their, their advertising, I do not know. It's impressive. Like. But in, in so many ways, I just think it's really, I think this whole movement and even here, it's so exciting. And I came when this festival was in the co-op. Oh, the co-op, yeah, yeah, yeah. And for me, I, like, I'll just, I'll never forget, once we got there, we couldn't get in because the queue was too long. We came back about three <laughs> o'clock. And like, everyone was just standing behind their stalls, happy as can be, glowing, because all their produce had been completely sold out. Like, Amazing. everything was just Amazing. gone. And what I just feel is that if you're not opening up your eyes to this in any way, shape, or form, yeah. or being aware of sustainability across whatever it is that you are selling, you're mm. missing out on money because yeah. this is, it's not just some sort of oh look at those funny people over there yeah. you know actually no this There's is a this is a massive industry it's yeah. exciting it's vibrant yeah. and i remember when i saw that because a lot of people when they make their decisions with their food it can feel really isolating maybe within yeah. their immediate friends or their co-workers or their mm. family yeah. and when i saw that event completely sold out i i, I felt like i'm not crazy yeah this yeah, is yeah, exciting yeah, yeah, yeah. if anything I want to just jump in. Jump in and it also yeah. means yeah. that so many people who aren't vegan who want to just come along and experience vegan food. Yeah. Because it's not that everyone has to be 100% vegan. Not it's at going all. like mm. you can go in and have a day going, yeah. let's just try all this stuff and get our minds open to some stuff and maybe bring this bit in and this bit in and disregard this bit or listen yeah. to this talk and go, yeah. well, I'm not into that. But oh, that one has some really interesting points. And just slowly begin to, like you're saying, curate, but curate the information that you want and it's there now. I don't think anyone has to, obviously in my mind, I think going vegan is a decision only you can make for yourself, if it is that you want to. But what I will say is I don't think there's an excuse for people not to know what they're contributing to. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. now on our mm -hmm. phones, like things like the plastic straw movement moving so quickly, mm -hmm. We can't pretend that we don't know. Like years ago, as I said, you turned on the TV, that was that you opened up the newspaper, whereas now whatever products we're buying, we can find out how is that being made, what yeah. are we supporting by buying yeah. that. Yeah. And I think that we should all take some sort of responsibility for what we're choosing to spend our money on. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So that brings us neatly around to the name of your book. Vegan-ish. Yeah. How, yeah. how, go on, tell me who, how, how did, was it you, did you name it? Did you sit around a room full of people who would all No, it was a mix with the publishers. Like, okay. first of all, they said no to it three times, <laughs> which, <laughs> which, I always, which I always say. And in a, in a lot of ways, I'm really glad because they kept, initially they were like, yeah, maybe, but the recipes aren't good enough. And every time they kept saying, go back, you need to learn more. Oh, you need wow. to, and I have to say, Jeez, I'm so... Pushed. Yeah, but that's what you should. You know, that's you should true. never have people who sword, can't sword. say, yeah. no, this needs to be better. True. And it was the first hey, vegan cookbook that they've ever there? marketed as a vegan cookbook. And they said, this needs to be really, really good. If people, you know, everything needs to be tested thoroughly. And mm. I have to say, I'm so proud of it. But the issue was literally that, again, not everyone wants to go vegan. Yeah. For some people, they want to do a meat-free Monday. Some people just want a great brownie recipe. I loved the idea that this is something that people can dip in and out of. Yeah. But equally, what a lot of people say is they're like, God, it's actually, it's really big. I wanted it to be comprehensive enough that if someone said, I'm going to buy one cookbook, I, I liked that there were things that initially you can dabble in, maybe the smoothies or the cookies or the easy recipes, but also yeah. then you can move into fermentation. Because I think once you start learning, like, we don't want to eat the same dinner every night. You need variety, so yeah. I hope it's a book that people can kind of grow with as well. You, and you put a lot of recipes into it. Yeah, there's a hundred. I feel like, like is, that, is that more or less than usual? I feel like that's more than usual. It, like, it looks like more than usual. I don't I don't actually, yeah. Um, I saw one recently that was out that had 50 recipes, and that felt like a normal Scant. cookbook. <laughs> um, you were like, poor job. <laughs> but I just, the thing was, I wanted it to be, like, 
this is the only book that it has, whether you're having friends over. I think too yeah. many yeah. are like, here's a desserts book and here's yes, a... Yeah. So right. And I didn't want that because yeah. I feel like as a new author as well, you have to put your best foot forward. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't want to be like, oh, you need the second book. Because there is yeah. no second book. Really? That was my, that was one of my questions. Are no. you sure there's no second book? No, not at all. Oh, I okay, so for Susan, well, Susan Jane White, I spoke to her for years and years, like after each book, and I was like, now you're sure there is another one? Now you're sure there's another one? What are you going to do next? She's like, no, 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 no. And then eventually, surely one came. Oh, no, well, either way, like, you know, we have to see how, how this goes. And lost, so far, yeah. So far, so good. But either way, I wanted this to be the kind of book that if you I looked at an entire it. calendar year, whether it was birthdays, You've whether it was, you know, okay. office, you know, on the go lunches, That's whether right, it was easy yeah. snacks, that someone didn't say, oh, the book it's isn't meeting this. my needs. Yeah, yeah I wanted yeah, it to be as comprehensive one, as possible. One thing yeah. I wanted to ask you about is what I find, I have a, a four-year-old, and yeah. a lot of my friends whose kids go to school, who are my son's age, um, they're vegan or, you know, they're sure. moving towards vegan. And so a lot of the kids are vegan now, which is kind of interesting. And it's like just a whole different thing within the school. generation. It really yeah. is. Um, but the problem is, is that we're not allowed to bring nuts into any schools, um, and it makes it really challenging, challenging. Yeah. to make lunchbox stuff because we're gluten free. Okay. So if you can't put your bread, like if you're not making like sandwiches and yeah. you don't have your cheese, and then you can't put nuts in any of your desserts, it becomes like the balance just becomes a load of sweet stuff that yeah, doesn't yeah. have any substance mm. in it. It's very hard to make things. The dense proteins. Are yeah. there any recipes that are kind of treat-based recipes in your book that aren't not based around nuts? Well, first of all, in terms of if you're looking at milk, um, can you like can you make oat milk as gluten-free oat milk and then yeah. also sunflower seed milk as well, yeah. which is really good too. So at least I suppose you can substitute if there's any sort of call for a dairy-free milk within them as well. And then yeah, in terms of desserts like um, coconut, is that okay? Yeah, it's a lot of coconut cream, dates, that kind of thing. And like cashews can easily be substituted. They are in a lot of recipes, but I say to people use just maybe desiccated coconut because it has a similar enough kind of consistency okay. in terms of whenever you blend it. And do you use nutritional yeast at all? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like crack. It's, like it's just so it kind of like magic flavor. Oh uh, yeah, no, like but one of my friends, she was making, there's a vegan meatballs recipe and she yeah. was like, I don't have nutritional yeast, I'll just use normal. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you don't understand, it's not yeah, the same. That's a dangerous thing. Yeah, yeah no, no, yeah. completely different. But yeah, I just think, and it's those little things that you have to always just want to try and elevate your food, especially when you're serving it to people, because you mm -hmm. can't have them go, oh, that's grand. It, it has to be like, oh my gosh, that's yeah. vegan and that's really delicious. And do you, do you make vegan cheeses yourself? Uh, I do, you? but I don't make like the hard, the fermented the ones at all. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not into that, but yeah, like I'd make a Cashew cheese. Okay, yeah. Um, nice, and I, yeah. I, there's a recipe actually of that with like sweet potato fries. And you can do that with sunflower seeds as well. Yes. That's, that's one that you can mm -hmm. definitely do for Ruben. Yeah, sunflower seeds. So we, uh, Natasha is living food. She did a great vegan cheese workshop in the shop a couple of months ago. And one of these sunflower seed, a fresh sunflower seed cheese was divine. Yeah. Like, really good. Does it have, what kind of a texture is it? Like a cream cheese? Uh, yeah, like a goat's cheesy, cream cheesy thing. Yeah. It comes down to your processor though. And that is yes, the one it thing. Does. Actually, that's is a great point, yeah. Because I've done some demonstrations where they have like, you know, a, a random Uber, sort of a... Or a no not Uber, like And whereas not. I have like a Vitamix, but even a Nutribullet is really good, but I know some people like in terms of kitchen equipment, if there's one thing, if you're going to be doing this regularly, uh, especially if you're making like a lot of cheesecakes or energy bowls or mm. things like that, like a really good processor, I like a Magimix makes a huge difference. They can be really expensive, but mm. as I said, I would cook 85% of my food alone. I really don't buy that much out. Mm. Yeah. Like I rarely buy things like juices because I have a good juicer. Like I think you do get it back, yeah. but I remember like when we bought our magic mix my husband was like you can't bring things like this on me like he was just <laughs> he was shocked that no it is but a lot of them again check the guarantee but like a vitamix yeah. 
they are really expensive, but they come with a seven-year warranty. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, seriously. The jog on mine, after four years, they replaced it. So I, I do think if you have a really good processor, you'll get that lovely silky texture. Mm -hmm. But if you don't, like, because some people, like, they'll put spinach in a smoothie and they're like, this is disgusting. If you have a good blender, it'll liquefy completely. So. And a lot of them are available second hand. A lot of people, unfortunately, go into this thing, yeah. buy their Green Star Angel juicers, their Vitamix, Thermomix, yeah. whatever, and then, like, you know, six months later or even three years later, it's sitting in the cover gathering dust. And so if you go on to, like, eBay and yeah. Dundee, you'll actually find a lot of these things where maybe you can't afford them to shops. You can still get hold of an amazing juicer. For and if they're years. still under warranty as well. Absolutely, with a lot of those, they are. That's the yeah. biggest worry for me. As well. And even places like Caldera Village, they have an outlet. And Black Friday is the one thing oh, yeah. because a lot of these things. They don't go into sale, but I always say to people, you know, unfortunately, you can't make like a lot of nut milks and things like that yeah. and have them be really silky smooth yeah, unless you have. Blender. Yeah, exactly. But it's one of the few things you're going to invest yeah. investments yeah. that you are yeah. going to be making, and you're yeah. not going to be buying expensive food. Yeah, it's the truth. And I mean, like nut milks don't don't they aren't cheap. That's for sure. And you buy mm. them in the shops. Yeah, unfortunately. And I think it's nice. To, it's a thing that you can get your kids involved in, isn't it? Absolutely. Mm. You know, and they they love that. They love and that thing of feeling like they're able to see the product and go, wow, I just made that. That's what exactly. makes all the difference. And the, and the machines about the machine, it. And the, and oh, they love the machines. And Ruben's all about just like, can I press the button on this? Yeah. Can I stop oh, this? Can so I cute. use it? Yeah. Yeah. He makes his own juices like in the juices. Uh, <laughs> but also good. the bacterial load of vegan food, because you're not dealing uh, with, say, for example, like raw lamb or anything like mm. that. A lot of the food you can taste it as you go. Mm. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah. Which, yeah. you know, say, for example, things like chickpeas or pulses, they're already cooked anyway. Yeah, and yeah. that's, a, you know, so it's great, especially with kids. And equally, I think people can make the food themselves. Like, I always say things like spice. They're so, like, some people hate spice, some people don't like it at mm. all. And But you can kind of curate and make it personal. But yes. I think that's exactly as you were saying mm. with kids, the idea of if they can taste something as they go, at least with this, you know that. Yeah, it's and safe it's nice to for so. them to build their palate because then you can go, like, what do you think? Do yeah. you think we need more salt? Do we think, you know, and they, oh, and they so really cute. do go, like, Mm, well, my son does. Oh. Actually, yeah. But <laughs> well, they're acting in. They're yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah they're getting involved in it, and then they're proud to share it as well. Yeah. yeah. So, anything like in what's what in vegan food, either down there or in the world, vegan? What's really exciting you at the moment? What stuff you come across lately, or any particular cafes or restaurants or a particular? I just thing? think the interest in it is amazing. Like mm. it blows me away in terms of seeing like. I remember when I first transitioned to eating this way, I'd look at a menu and just go, oh my god, there's nothing for me to eat. <laughs> but I kept thinking, like, what if I had an allergy? What if I couldn't mm. eat eggs? What if I couldn't eat dairy? And I really feel for, like, I think that's a really hard place to be in because, as you said, you want to be out with your friends, you want to be enjoying a nice meal, but mm. if there's literally nothing for you to eat, that's, you know, it's sad because you feel like you're not in any way being listened to. To me, yeah. the most exciting thing is that across the board, it's a word that people are open to. And all I say is, as much as you know, people can have their meat and dairy. Why shouldn't there be an option? And I, I just, I'm just delighted that there's an option. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. a place like here is just so full and busy. Isn't it absolutely mm. throng? Yeah. Go down there and like have another little mooch around in a second. What's your Amazing. top vegan place to eat in Dublin? Oh, like you can't go wrong with Sova food. It's just yeah. Bart is just incredible. I went there when he was in Portobello in just like a tiny little. I think. Like even just it was just like a one room, mm. and then he moved. Then he had a pop up in Happy Foods, and now I'm so I, honestly I'm so thrilled for him mm. as, in terms guy. of seeing. And just he never ever wavered his standards, and I just I think it's the food he creates is sublime. And I love the fact that I've seen weddings in there, I've seen yeah. dinners, and it's just it's just a happy great place where the food I feel is really respected. It's beautifully presented, yeah. and. I think it's such a fabulous addition to the Irish food scene. Yeah, agreed. I yeah. feel like um, one thing <laughs> that I wish we'd touched on and we hadn't, but we can just like briefly talk about now is I feel like it would be really interesting to interview your parents because we oh, interviewed yeah. Jamie there yeah, a couple yeah. of weeks ago 
And Jamie's just super impressive, really interesting, yeah. great guy. He's really about that thing that you're talking about of like listening to internal stuff, mm, listening to his body, trying stuff, something, yeah. going, no, this isn't working for me, journaling about it, yeah. trying the next thing, going on about it. And then there's you doing your book and yeah. making these changes in your life and going out and giving talks. I feel like your parents should be giving like parenting 101 lessons oh, how to make healthy, productive, happy members of society. I think the key thing is, is that they always just, I think because my mum is very creative as well, like we were just always encouraged to kind of to be our own okay. people and like they have standard for it in terms of like I dropped out of college originally I went to Trinity and mm -hmm. dropped out and my what parents best in okay. Trinity and like no but I just didn't. It's not for everyone. No, but no, I agree. I just didn't. Honestly, I didn't have a clue. I went to boarding school. I had no idea, and uh. I think I just kind of thought Trinity would be great to be in the middle of town, mm -hmm. and I did well enough in my leaving cert to get in. But I didn't have a clue about yeah. myself or what I wanted to do. And what I did love about my parents is they said, "Take a year off, and get out into the world and experience." And I, um, I started doing extra work on like Fair City and things like that oh, and right, that got me right. into broadcast and oh, then I was doing um, a dress designing course in the Grafton Academy which I loved but it started me kind of experiencing things in the real world but they said but you have to get a degree you have to get a qualification okay. in whatever it is that you're going to do and I think that I really appreciated that now and I went over eventually and I studied fashion journalism in London but yes. in particular when it came to moving into food I was very conscious that if I'm sharing stuff I need to learn so mm. that's why I committed to the courses and I'm a big believer in of course play around at home mm -hmm. but never stop learning from people who are 10 15 20 years down the line and yeah. you know events like this are amazing because there's demonstrations there's talks never stop reading whatever age you're at and equally in terms of I think that helped when the book was being rejected and they were saying no you need to do more courses you need to go away I was like that's fine they were we should, you yeah but we should never <laughs> expect to not have to put in the hard work yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and yeah. I think there's too much in terms of obviously I think the online world is amazing but you know, I think if you have a platform, you have to respect it. You have to respect your audience. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but yeah, I think so. They were great in terms of they said do exactly what you want, but become qualified and become you know and learn. Mm -hmm. And I think that really helped me respect education. And are they both well done? Deadly thirties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we need I'll to give them a clap. And it's nice because you you can see where where they've influenced you as well. That's that's really nice to be able to appreciate that. To be honest with you, because a lot of a lot of people, I think go through a lot of their lives not really knowing what their parents have done for them, if anything, no. you know? Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of cool. And as a parent myself, it's kind of what you hope yeah, your, your kids are going to say about you yeah. one day when someone goes, uh, no, but what about your mum? But at the yeah. time it drove me mad because I couldn't understand. I was like, if you're a photographer, you just take photos. If you're a journalist, you just write. And I can now understand because obviously journalism has changed so much, like mm -hmm. now online, on social, things like that. But what I do appreciate is that like, I know how to reference things or, you know, mm. the three years yes. that I studied my course, it was really long. But yeah. I did learn, and I think it did make me a better writer. But I kept just thinking, like, if you're a cook, why don't you just cook? And it's like, no, but you can accelerate your learning by yeah. being just being open to it. So that was the key thing, I suppose, that I got from them, is just being open to learning rather than just assuming, sure, you just take photos, because you don't. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And holding yourself accountable to a certain level of standards yeah. as well, yeah. isn't it? Just be the best that you can. That's it. Yeah. Deadly. Nice. That's a good way to finish it. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. Uh, for that was a treat. It was a really nice chat. And it's a great, a really great book. Yeah. It is in a shop, The Hopsack. It's all over online. It's in lots of great bookstores. It's yes. in Dubray. It's in Eason's, 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 yeah. all that crap. Yeah. 
Um, but go and go and look it up because it's genuinely it is like actually a, a one-stop shop. I, I'm like I'm genuinely really impressed. I, I sort of feel like you could have been so much more greasy and kept half the recipes. I said book two is on the way. I know, um, no, it doesn't work that way. No, I know, apparently not. Fair <laughs> no, no, no. That's, that's that's a good level of commitment. So Holly, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. And uh, I hope we'll see you again. And, and best luck. Are you you're talking downstairs? At four, yeah. At four. Okay. We, oh, we've got loads of time. <laughs> um, and you guys, obviously, thank you very much for watching or listening. And I hope you can like and subscribe and post your comments. And we'll get them to Holly through social media yeah. you can find her on hollywhite.ie yes. you find her through hollywhite obviously instagram etc uh, are you twitter do you, do you use twitter much i tweet, you I tweet? tweet. yeah okay. i retweet more than i tweet yeah did it and it's become that thing hasn't it anyway <laughs> um but anyway cool and uh, we look forward to seeing where you go from here very interesting to see and we're going to go and ask your folks what you're going to do next yeah <laughs> <laughs> we'll do the whole white family yeah the trilogy yeah, <laughs> yeah cool that's, that's exciting <laughs> that's really exciting we should do the Back parents the of all the people that mm. we've interviewed <laughs> There's our next step. There okay, great. Anyway, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so Bye, much, guys. everyone. Thank you.